Welcome to Vision Forward's Tech Connect Live, connecting you to the world of assistive technology. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Luke. Hello, good day, and welcome everybody to the first episode of Tech Connect Live 2024. And let me tell you, we have had just such a smooth start to the year here on Tech Connect Live. We definitely all, both me and Corey are in the studio, and we definitely have not had any technical issues whatsoever. Uh, I would say this is the best start to a year ever. Corey, how do you feel about the start to 2024? I find it interesting that we're in this studio together, yet my background is... <laughs> Let's not worry friends. about that, Corey. Oh, I also find it very interesting. I will say that this is one of the first times I think I've heard the intro not live, you know, like from... Yeah, a, yeah a an outsider's game. perspective, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's so funny, what happens, and it's probably Zoom, but like the audio, the internet must connection must kind of like drag for a minute. Okay. And so then the... the, the intro slows down and then quickly speeds up to catch up <laughs> and then slows down. So it was almost like doing its own DJ. <laughs> that was me, Hello. Corey. Uh, that was me uh, on the decks here. Oh, DJ Lukey Luke. <laughs> exactly. Hello. That's my name. Well, uh, welcome to 2024, everybody. In case you didn't uh, get the sarcasm, uh, Corey and I are not in the studio together today, sadly. Corey is at his very comfortable home office slash cinema. And I'm sure he's working extremely hard today and definitely not watching movies and eating popcorn. And no, popcorn is almost uh, done. You should hear oh. a beep probably during <laughs> <today>. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I am here hard at work in the studio running things on my own. And uh, it's, it's somewhat of a miracle that we are even here almost on time. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. And thank you all for joining us. Uh, I hope you had an excellent uh, holiday period, excellent new year. But we are back, nose to the grindstone, bringing you the latest and greatest in assistive technology. And Corey, what do we have for people today? Well, it is a new year, so there are new wearables. Uh, we have two that have come in recently. One, we had posted a video last week, Thursday, the Idaptic 5 from Idaptic. And then one that we'll be posting a video on probably next week, Thursday, if Ooh. I remember correctly. And that's the new Iris Vision Live 2.0. Yeah, so I think we're, I think we're some of the first people to get a hold of that, Corby. Well, I think we are too. And that really just shows the industry how cutting edge <laughs> and how our fans and viewers are top-notch. Uh, and shows that we just asked for one and paid for yeah, it. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I agree with the second part of your statement about the fans and viewers being top-notch, but uh, the rest of it was maybe not true. We, we were the first ones to reach out and say, hey, can we have one of these? Well, if, you would, if, if anyone watched our YouTube uh, uh, Tech Connect Christmas Carol, yeah. if, you didn't, if you didn't watch that video because you're like, oh, I really like assistive technology, I highly recommend watching that video. It's quite funny, but you'll see it. The future of our channel is 500 million subscribers, so mm -hmm. we are. I forget, are. I forget what the date was on that, Corey. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was like 2085 or something <laughs> okay. like that. I don't know that either of us will still be working here at Vision Forward yeah. in 60 years. But So sorry. Let, me, let me think. Uh, that would put me around uh, age 100. 
So yeah, 105. I, I look pretty dang good for 105 in that clip, I'll well, tell you that much. Well, to be fair, it is the future and that we do have bionic eyes at that point, so I guess anything is possible. That is, that is very true. <laughs> Up to 1,000 people got bionic Yeah, that's eyes. a good point. Anybody who didn't watch that video, please go back and watch it. We released it around the middle of December. And, uh, you know, those types of, view, those types of uh, videos, they usually don't get as large a number of viewers because they're not about a specific assistive technology video. But it is a fun little uh, look, uh, kind of, it's a fun little video that's a, a bit of a riff on uh, the old uh, Christmas Carol story, but with and uh, Corey balls. and I. And Spaceballs as well, yeah, which uh, Corey and I are quite proud of our, uh, our recreation of a particular scene out of Spaceballs. So please do check that out if you get a chance. I believe uh, Jonathan, producer Jonathan, is back, for, back with us for this year of uh, Tech Connect Live. And uh, I believe that he has something to say. Jonathan. Yes, that is correct. Um, you can hear me all right, yes? I actually, I'm not sure we're hearing no, you at all, actually. I think actually. he's muted. Yeah. Oh, okay, well... Yeah, all of the uh, all of the mics are unmuted. For some reason, we well, can't hear you. I will relay your question, Jonathan. If I you can do actually, it to me. we can actually hear him pretty decent. Oh, okay, fair enough. The viewers can probably hear him too. All right, okay. Jonathan, go ahead. Uh, just want to let you know that there are some other uh, folks in the comments wishing well on this new year. Oh, excellent. Um, and also confirming that Corey's experience is actually more typical in terms of having the oh, with uh, the song. Yeah, the intro uh, is slowing down and speeding up. Interesting. So apparently, if you catch it live, you yeah. Might, you might get some live. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, really. Maybe we should invite everybody into the studio, and then everybody can hear the theme song as uh, was intended. Sure. Yeah. So the future, uh, that, that part of the video took place in 2352. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that, Colin? The future yes. part of the video is 2352. So there's going to have to be some pretty big advances in medical technology before <laughs> we can say that we'll still be working here at that point. But, uh, yeah, apparently we are still doing the YouTube channels, and we have 500 million subscribers. So <laughs> All right. Well, uh Corey, any jokes for us to start off the, the new year here? Um, oh, my. Oh. No, I don't. I thought I had one because I thought my daughter told me one, but I think she did and I don't forget. No, I, I told you one, Corey, via text message that you were very I unimpressed refuse. with. Right. I'd like to give that to the audience and see okay. whether they like it. Okay, and I don't, believe, just, John, I don't believe Jonathan's heard it. save the time and I can tell you how they're going to like it. No, they, they are going to love it. Please, please, uh, I'm going to tell the joke, uh, tell a joke here. Audience, please put into the chat how much you enjoyed this joke and how funny you thought it was because this is one that I came up with myself the other day. <laughs> and it goes like this. <clears throat> Why did the crow have to take a week off work? I will say it one more time. Why did the crow have to take a week off work? When you sent it to me, mm. I my mind went to that something about murder because you know. Oh, that's, that's clever. A group of crows, but he would probably have to take more than a week <laughs> off work if yeah. he was murdered. You would certainly hope so. so. I mean, I that's... guess it depends on the country that you live in. Maybe there are different yeah. laws, but uh, yeah, no, well, you would I guess certainly if hope he so. He murdered. I was thinking he got murdered. Oh, so I was thinking he murdered. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that's, that's not the answer. That okay. is not the answer. Jonathan, any ideas? Why did the crow take a week off work? I don't know. Because he had COVID. Oh my! Thank you. Now, Thank you. The question though is: Is it COVID or is it Crovid? I think it's COVID. <laughs> no, no, it's COVID because crows are in the family COVID, which rooks also belong to, uh, and maybe some other. So you see, you didn't think it's funny because you didn't understand the joke. No, this is the I'm thing; sorry. it was just too advanced for you. That was the problem. But I know our audience 
all not only understood, but also appreciated. But, My humorous genius. Thank you. Now, Thank you. But now I do understand, and I'm still not laughing. <laughs> I know, but it's well known that if you have to explain a joke to somebody, then it's not going to be funny. But for those who got it, such as Jonathan. I, I did get that one. And uh, on our level of hilarity, one to ten, how hilarious did you find it? I've heard some pretty funny jokes, but this one's probably like a seven. <laughs> did you hear that? What? A seven. A Thank seven. you. Thank you. Yes, I'll be here all night. Thank you. That is. That is. I. At, to be honest, at this point, I have. Uh, Any time I ever ask Jonathan about uh, his opinion on something, it yeah. is completely. <laughs> You're saying Jonathan that. has ruined his whole reputation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Putting him a seven on that. <laughs> well, he's a man of taste. What can we say? <laughs> Oh, oh, right. Someone else said a six. Oh, well, that's hey, I'll take it. I'll take a six as well. Thank you, whoever that was. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, so, uh, Corey, should we start talking about assistive technology? That is generally I what we do we on this should. show. Yeah. So, uh, assistive technology, eh? That's a cool thing. Still is. <laughs> Still is in 2024. Yeah. Still cool. Uh, we're going to take a look at two wearables here. Now, we've done a lot of wearables in our time, Corey. We... Uh, we like to get a hold of wearables, and people may have seen our iDaptic video already. Now, somebody did comment on the iDaptic video. It would have been nice to see a view from inside the headset, and yeah, completely agree it would have been nice. Unfortunately, we didn't have a way to capture what it looks like inside the headset, but even if we had done, Corey, it wouldn't have really given the true experience looking at a capture from the headset on YouTube versus putting it on for yourself. So. That's um, always the hard part with yeah. these with these wearable videos is that, yes, some of them we're able to capture the, the, the video, some we've put the camera through the headset, but at the end of the day, you need, need to put it on your head. Yes. But, but I understand from a video standpoint, yes, it would be nice, but yeah. also remember, I mean, you're now you're putting in account the, 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 the person's internet. What screen are they watching it on? How mm -hmm. far are they watching it? Like, yeah. there's just so much. There's there. too many variables. The only way to get a good idea of how good the headset is is to try it out for yourself. All we can really do is kind of talk about the features and how we found it personally. Um, I believe Jonathan has a comment. Jonathan? Yeah, so regarding that iDaptic video, we've had several comments talking about um, devices specifically to help with sheet music. Mm. Music. Yes. Um, and yeah. I guess that would be something I'd like to make sure we address sometime in this video. <clears throat> well, let's address it right now. So any of these wearables potentially can be used to read sheet music, just like any of these wearables can potentially be used for lots of different things. But the tricky part is going to be maintaining a steady head while tracking the line of music and uh, doing that at a speed uh, that matches the playing. So that's definitely would be an acquired skill and not everybody is going to be able to do it depending on their competency with the device and their level of vision loss. Uh, Corey. Feel like, Luke, I feel, I would, and tell me if I'm wrong here because uh, if you don't recall, I'm blind. Mm -hmm. um, what? <laughs> Did that happen over New Year? What, what? Yeah, yeah, happy New Year. Um, if you're wearing, a, if you have a wearable on and you're using standard paper music, leaning forward to quickly change the paper and then sort of change the page and leaning back you're that's just in my opinion i can't imagine that's gonna work so i would assume it would probably be best coupled with like an ipad or something where you can either use a foot pedal or get an auto 
a, a program that auto uh, advances the notes so that yeah. you don't ever have to move your head, right? Yeah, and that's that, definitely again. definitely an option. And we've looked at some options where you can uh, do that type of setup and enlarge the music as well. Um, so I guess the, the classic example would be uh, Limelighter, right? Uh, where you can... Yeah, I think that's the big one. And then I yeah. forget the, the one, uh, I, iPad one. Yeah, because we used an iPad one, but I can't remember with that one. Could you enlarge the music? I forget now. Or could you just import the music onto the iPad and advance I it with a foot pedal? I thought you could... In, maybe yeah, maybe you can't. I think you, you could. Use the iPads zoom to, to yeah. enlarge it? Or if it was... I know that Sam over at The Blind Life has a whole video on it. It's an older video, so I don't okay. know exactly how much of it is is up to date at this yeah. point but yeah. again yeah i gotta assume with that paper music mm. any anytime you're moving your head you know it's just going to take time for you then to get refocused and find you know your your music yes that is true um so i mean i do th i mean you know i still i still think it's feasible with paper music but it's definitely going to be an acquired skill and going to be very dependent on the individual and uh, their level of vision loss. And so uh, the iDaptic, you know, it does have good uh, head state stabilization, which could definitely help with that tracking of um, music. So it is a device that potentially, you know, could be beneficial. But uh, again, you would really have to try it for yourself. This is a problem like, you know, we can't say explicitly what is going to work for you. All we can say is what features the device has. And then it's up to you to you know, number one, figure out if those features match your needs, and then number two, actually try and get a demo of the device yourself. Um, so, yeah, there's limits. From a quality, I mean, we can uh, we can comment on a quality. There is definitely, yeah. you know, there are some wearables on the market on the lower end. Um, you know, I, I I hate to kind of throw oxide under the bus, although I don't know that they're still in business. Anymore, yeah, we, so we kind of figured out maybe they weren't, yeah. I think, uh, last but, year, so, yeah. You know, that's a, that was a headset at the, what, $1,500 range, and we definitely saw a quality difference there. So, oh, yeah. you know, we do, we do comment on when it's a glaring kind of quality <clears throat> issue. You know. Yeah, and one of the things I said about the iDaptic, which is you know similar to all of these devices, is with the uh, camera on the headset, as you zoom in, then the uh, quality of the image is, is reduced. Now, the iDaptic actually has a neat way of getting around that, which is by using the phone camera. And we'll be looking at this a uh, bit more detail in a second here. But uh, with the phone camera, although you'll get a much clearer image, you can't hold the phone while you're trying to play the piano and <laughs> read the music at the same time. So you, know, you would have to use the uh, camera built into the headset, and you are going to get some image de degradation as you magnify. The more magnified you are, the more degradation you can expect. So, Gawi, shall we uh, actually like take a look at some of these yeah, devices? Yeah, what are you going to start with? I'm going to let you one? decide, Corey. Okay, well, I think a lot of people, because we've already did the Idaptic <coughs> Live video yeah. and mm -hmm. the Iris Vision 2 is brand new, I say you start Ooh. with the Mr. Iris Vision Live 2.0. Oh, oh two, is that how you say it? Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. You uh, heard actually, it here yeah, first. I, Mr. Iris Vision called me, and he said, make sure in your current say, video that you say 2.0. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this is not the Iris Vision 2.0. <laughs> That's right. how I'm going to start this. <laughs> this is the Iris Vision 1.0. Now, this, uh, uh, we should specify, Iris Vision Live 2.0, Iris Vision Live 1.0. We are not talking about the Iris Vision Inspire here. So the live... Which is still sold, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. But, we, it, okay. The live series is the uh, is the the series based on the virtual reality headset. So Iris Vision Live One uh, was using Samsung Gear VR headset, 
and that was um, put together with an Android smartphone. The Android smartphone was providing the camera, the screens, the processing power, and the software that was needed to turn this into a low vision device. And uh, uh, it's been our most popular, <coughs> our most popular low vision wearable. Uh, by a fairly significant margin. People seem to uh, have got on with it very well. Easy to use, uh, pretty much instantaneous uh, benefit for a lot of people. And uh, there's a lot of different modes, including a good television mode, which does a good job of representing the colors of the television well, which uh, has been an issue with some of these headsets. So overall, very popular and uh, decent device. Yeah, it's a little on the large side. Um, it's based on a VR helmet uh, or headset. So that is uh, probably to be expected. But uh, overall, it's been popular. However, they now have a different model out. Now, I believe, Corey, this was initiated by the inability to get these Samsung Gear VR headsets anymore. I believe that you are correct. I think I heard yeah. the same thing, that those Gear headsets were no longer being... Because yes. they were just using Galaxy phones, so those yes. are obviously still around, but the yeah. headset themselves... Not so. I assume that Samsung are not in the VR business, or they've changed their headset, or whatever. But whatever it is, Iris Vision could not get hold of these headsets anymore. So they actually went back to the drawing board and designed their own. And here it is. Sadly, we only have the one camera set up today, but uh, here it is. This is the Iris Vision Live 2.0 custom headset. We'll give it a slight rotate in front of the camera here and show all angles. And uh, one thing that we may notice straight away is it is slightly uh, less wide. I'm trying to show that as good as I can. It's not a huge difference, but it does have a slightly more compact uh, form factor to it. However, still significantly deep. In fact, I think it's a little deeper than the, the Samsung Gear uh, headset. So overall, cubic size may be the same, but slightly less. Getting hands-on with it from a blindness perspective, now it's been a little been two weeks since I touched it. But yeah. It, they are, it, it, this sounds kind of weird, but it feels like a 2.0 version of the 1.0. I yeah. mean, they feel <laughs> very similar, yeah. yet a little bit, a little bit sleeker and a little different, you know, a little f different feeling to it. But yeah. It, all in all, the shape and size are, it's pretty comparable. It is, in my opinion, it feels a little cheaper. More plastic, do yeah. you think? Yeah, like a, a bit like flimsier plastic. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of gives off that vibe a little bit to me. Yeah, I think I, I know where you're coming from. I would mm. tend to agree, you know, and I don't I don't know that that, um, you know, I don't know if that talk is, has any relation to the actual quality of it, but it, you're right. It does it has a little different plastic. Yeah, I'm not saying the, I'm not saying the quality is worse. I'm just saying it feels a little cheaper yeah. for, for whatever reason. Um, now, one of the changes that we have with this headset is the way that the phone goes in the front. On the previous model, the phone was directly in the front of the headset and was visible as, you know, there was nothing in front of the phone. Okay, it was just there in the front of the headset. Uh, however, with the new model, they actually have a plastic cover that uh, goes on the front of the device and covers the phone, thereby giving it a slightly classier look. Now, the people who have used the Patriot viewpoint 
uh, might look at this and say this is a very similar idea to what Patriot Viewpoint was doing. And uh, I would agree with that. Also, the uh, the A-Sight VR as well, similar type of idea. You've got this plastic covering at the front that kind of hides the phone and makes it look a, a little bit sleeker. And uh, of course, there is a cutout for the cameras of the phone because you obviously need those to see what, where you're going. And uh, the, the front of the headset, therefore, pops open and the phone uh, goes inside. There's a little ledge that the phone sits on inside the headset here. <clears throat> and so we have to put the phone onto that ledge and then go ahead and close up the, the kind of the flap and here. One thing that's different than, on, on, than this 2.0 version is that yeah. the, phone, the phone itself is not plugging into the headset. Yes. 1.0, you connected it to it. and. One, one change, and, and in my opinion, I think it's sort of a downgrade, but mm -hmm. I, I get why it happened, is because the phone is no longer connected directly to the headset, number one, you charging it, you, there's no way to just plug it into the headset itself to charge because the headset and phone aren't really connected. Mm -hmm. And number two, there's no longer any physical controls uh, directly on the headset because again, the phone's not connected to the headset, so physical controls aren't uh, aren't possible. Yes, yeah. So on the previous headset, there was a USB connector that the phone would connect to, and then we had uh, controls on the side of the headset. But as Corey said, that's not possible with this one. So there's a separate remote control <clears throat> that we use for all of our uh, functioning. This is a Bluetooth remote that connects to the phone uh, over Bluetooth and controls everything. Now, the downside to this is number one, we need batteries. And if we don't have any batteries, then we actually, if the batteries run out, we literally can't use it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of crazy. Um, but also, uh, there is a touchpad that we use for zooming and other purposes. And that touchpad for me is like, is a little, um, I don't know, it's not as responsive, certainly not as responsive as the uh, the trackpad on the side of the headset that the older model had. And also, Corey, we've gone from having continuous zoom where we could literally set any uh, kind of step of magnification level from 1 through to 14, um, all you know, in increments like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. That's what we could do with the touchpad on the side of the headset. But with this new device, we only go from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4 to 5 to 6 to 7 to 8 to 9 and then to 10. So it seems like there's less magnification range and also you can only go up in steps. It's not a continuous zoom anymore. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 and I, you know, I'd love to hear people's comments if that, you know, going, is there a big difference for them between step and continuous? I always think continuous is better if it's an option. Yeah. But, uh, but who knows at the end of the day. But I think the remote, I mean, I liked the remote. The remote worked well. It felt comfortable in the hand. The buttons are easy to feel. But I just, again, I come back to, I have an issue. This wearable is, one of the reasons wearables are so great is because they're hands free, but now it's not hands free. Yeah. You gotta set your remote down and then pick your remote up and then set it down and then knock it off the table and then try to find it. And you know, it just, it, it, it I don't, I guess I, maybe there isn't a better way, uh, but I, I just, I, I find that the remote to be a, an issue, especially if you're out in, in, 
and about walking around. Now you've got to have this thing in your pocket, pull it out to make any adjustments. Yeah. I just find it to be less convenient. Yeah, I agree. One big um, benefit, though, actually, is that we can use the remote in either hand, whereas before, you the because the controls were on the headset, you had to really use your right hand to control the device. And so that yeah. was a little bit of a limitation. So at least with the remote here, we can use that in either hand and operate it perfectly well. Um, so that would be one upside. Now the charging, because we can't do wireless charging. Uh, with the previous device, you would rest the headset face down on a uh, wireless charger. And you could do that because the phone was literally in the front of the headset. And so by laying it down uh, on the charger, it was the same as you know laying a phone right down on that wireless charger. But we can't do that with this headset because there's this plastic covering in here. And so to charge, they have left a hole uh, on either side uh, of where the phone goes into the headset. And on one of those sides is obviously the USB ports for the phone. And so you can plug in the phone while it's in the headset, which is actually pretty decent because you can charge the phone without taking it out of the headset. And you can also uh, use an external battery with the phone if you need additional power while you're out and about. And again, you can do that without having to take the phone out of the headset. So. That's not too uh, too bad a thing there, um, but uh, one it's big. Actually, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. One big uh, downside is there was a tab on the previous device which we could use to turn off the phone while it was in the headset. So if you and obviously if you want to conserve power, right, you've got to turn off the phone. Um, but they can't do that here because the phone's inside this casing, and so the only way to uh, turn on the device if you've turned it off is to take the phone out and hold down the power button, or at least just pop open the front here and hold down the power button. Now, you can actually turn it off without doing that because you can turn it off with a voice command. But then if you want to turn it back on again, you, like I say, you've got to pop open the front and then press the power button on the phone there. So a little bit awkward. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, maybe in a two, maybe in a 2.5 version, they'll, they'll add a tab. Because I know when 1.0 came out, they didn't they have didn't. a tab Yeah, that's either. right. Yep, yep, yep. So hopefully they'll fix it. And, I would say coming back to the the remote piece and all of that, um, you know, as I think about it, uh, most wearable, a lot of the newer wearables are the, are coming are sort of the same, like the iDaptic. Yes, 5. I was thinking the same it, thing. It, yeah. it, it doesn't have a remote, but it right. has a smartphone that it's tethered to. The yes. Inspire, same thing. At least you can't you know, lose those phones though, because they're tethered to the device. So I mean, it'd be difficult to lose that. That's that. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one one thing, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quickly, and we'll probably say this when we get to the iDaptic Five, is. When you were talking about charging and using an external battery pack, that is possible with the Iris Vision 2. Yes. But it's not really possible with the iDaptic 5 right. because the phone is doing all of the battery work and the phone is tethered to the device. So you have to unplug to charge it. Yes. Um, I guess maybe if you had a wireless charger from at home, you could do, you could charge and use it. Yes. Um, but I, I've not ever seen any external battery packs that were a wireless connection when that would be difficult walking around. I know, right? <laughs> that is, so that is something that, you know, the Iris Vision 2 uh, does allow you to, you know, charge and use it. Yeah, about. which is a benefit. Uh, Jonathan. Uh, yes, we have several comments. Uh, okay. A lot of people are uh, confirming that, yeah, they aren't super uh, jazzed about having an extra remote to lose. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they do, uh, you know, the remote just they want continuous magnification oh really yeah okay yeah that's, that's what a, we were thinking too big deal. yes yes um, yes yes there's also i'm not sure if you can bump up Corey's mic at all uh sure okay 
I mean, I think he's near the top. Well, yeah, we had a tiny bit of give, uh, but I think, unfortunately, we might be about as high as we can go. Corey, you need to speak up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or just turn your mic down. How well, dare you suggest good. such a thing? Unless, and then unless, unless that makes you too quiet. Too yeah, well, I just turned mine down a little bit, but so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we get on here. So, uh, okay. Also, with, before we move too far from the iris vision, uh, they were questioning uh, overheating and power longevity. They had heard okay. that you can get an external, uh, like a battery pack yeah. that you could use. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not exactly sure where, but they want to know if you've heard anything about that. Well, so the battery pack, uh, external battery pack would just be the standard type of uh, external battery pack that you would get for a smartphone yeah, to charge it. when. Yeah, so if you could just go to a Best Buy or whatever and pick up uh, a battery pack, and you can then connect that into the phone, um, and that will give you additional juice when you're out. Uh, overheating, the phone does get hot, but you won't feel that at all with the headset on. And I haven't had any specific problems with the device actually overheating, per se. Um, however, we only just got this headset, and obviously it's the winter, so it's not exactly the best time to, to test for that type of thing. Um, I did have some uh, issues with previous Iris Vision devices sometimes overheating, but it's never, it was never seemed to be a huge issue, so hopefully this one is the same. Now, the software that's on here um, is actually um, the same software that they have on the Iris Vision Inspire. So they did have two versions of the software, which had similar features, um, but they kind of operated in slightly different ways. And so the, the original Iris Vision Live had a different kind of uh, a different system to the Iris Vision Inspire, but now it seems like the, they have the same software on both of these devices. And so it's a bit more menu diving, um, which you know is a little bit annoying. Um, so I, I think it's actually a little bit more complicated to do things with this version of the software. Plus, the magnification only goes to 10 times. Um, so, uh, and there's no YouTube streaming anymore, Corey. So we cannot watch. Uh, unfortunately, you can't watch Tech Connect Live in the Iris Vision uh, anymore. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that um, they're going to bring back or if they just found that it was too... Cumbersome and too I think the problem. latter. From what I understand, they were having problems with the API working properly, and uh, I think they probably just ditched it. <laughs> so, which I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, right? If it's not working properly, people are just going to be annoyed if they switch into the YouTube mode and it's not working. So, uh, you got to get rid of yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. I yeah. Um, but uh, quality of the image, uh, well, it's using a Pixel phone, Pixel Seven, possibly. Apologies, I'm not 100% sure. sure. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, Open up. We'll see if we can tell from looking at the phone. No, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a Pixel 7. Um, but anyway, the quality of the cameras is good now. Uh, Jonathan put this on and reported very clear image. Yeah. Okay, very clear image. Uh, I had another a staff member here put it on. They also reported very clear image. I put it on and uh, it was blurry, and I could not get it into focus. I don't know what the problem was. Well, okay, maybe, the, maybe I do. I have to wear my glasses underneath, and um, with that, I, I can only assume that that was what was causing the problem. Actually, no, Jonathan wears glasses also, <laughs> and he was okay. So I don't know why, but for me, I just couldn't, there was just something going on. I couldn't get it right. Now, there, there is uh, methods for adjustment, and this is one of the neat things about this headset. There is individual dials for each eye on the top, which can uh, adjust for spherical 
um, for spherical prescriptions. So if you are like plus one, plus two, plus three, minus one, minus two, minus three, I'm not sure what the entire range is, but you can basically adjust somewhat for a spherical prescription um, on the headset so you don't have to wear your glasses underneath if you are able to correct for your prescription with those dials. And then in the middle, there's still a dial, but this one actually adjusts for pupillary distance. And so you can uh, adjust depending on how wide apart or close together your eyes are, you can adjust accordingly with a dial uh, in the middle here. So that's some pretty ni nice areas of adjustment. But for me, even with adjusting those as good as I could, it still uh, was a little blurry. Uh, Corey, how did you find it? <laughs> you got it to clear up, though, when you pulled the headset yeah. away yes, from I did. your face. Yes. Bar, which also, I don't... Yeah, I don't know what that, that it's that's interesting that you had issues with it, but yeah, um, but it seems to be just me. So yeah, I, put it, I put it on and I could see 2020. Which is just amazing. <laughs> no, I did not change anything for me. Okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think it. I think the vision is good. It's just for me, it's not, and I. You know, I'm not 100% sure why, but uh, for everybody else, it seemed to work well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, same similar features. You can go back and watch our other uh, Iris Vision Live videos to get an idea of the types of features that are in there. We've got different color modes. We have a TV mode. We have a uh, live viewing mode just for looking around at general things. Uh, we have uh, the ability to take pictures and store them in a gallery. Uh, we have voice commands we can use to control the device. All of these types of things, they are still present and correct. And it'll be interesting to see, Corey, whether people are as enamored uh, with the version 2.0 as they were with the version 1.0. So we need yeah. to try it with some clients. We need to figure out uh, you know, how they're liking it and uh, how well it's working for them. Uh, OK, so I, if anybody's got any other questions, throw them into the chat. Um, but I think we'll start talking about the iDaptic 5 now, Corey. What do you think? Yes, I think that is a good transition. Okay, so uh, iDaptic 5, now we did do a video on this. If you haven't seen it, feel free to go back and watch it. We released it last week, and uh, it's done pretty well so far, so people seem to have been uh, enjoying uh, checking that one out. Uh, it is a cool wearable, and I actually, I don't know, it's, you know... Corey, I know, I know that you were very, uh, you were very uh, down on the, the, wearable, the whole wearable train. I'm not aware. So, okay, first, first and foremost, not down on the i5 because there is a lot about it that I really like. Yeah. I think it's super sleek, probably the sleekest uh, headset out of everything that's out right now. And, yeah, and we'll talk so. more about that in a second. But yeah. one of the things I think what I was down about was that it's a wearable. And mm. all of these wearables do the same thing. At the end of the day, it's really their, their electronic magnification devices. I mean, it's the same as desktop video magnifiers. At the end of the day, they all do the same thing. Yes. Um, maybe a little differently and a little different quality, and that's sort of what we're touch, trying to touch on. But, you know, it just, at the end of the day, it gets hard to make a video on another wearable. Yeah. Because um, it is all, it's, you could basically say, watch our other videos. <laughs> you pretty much could, and, yeah. And here's the only other difference. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much could do that. And I think to an extent, we maybe like, kind of did, did that maybe. But, I mean, yeah, these wearables, obviously, they are iterative. At this point, we're talking about evolution and not revolution, right? Um, so in that regard, it can be a little tedious, like covering all of these wearables because there's just there's a lot of similar stuff to talk about. But I'm still interested in the differences between them because we're still trying to get to. I, I don't. We, there is, by no means have we reached the ultimate form of wearable, right? Oh. 
No, yeah, no, not that, at all. We got a long way to go still. Exactly. Which is yeah, so that's the, that's the interesting part is how is this one differing and how much closer is it to the magic pair of glasses that, that we always talk about where, you know, it looks like a pair of glasses, but it offers all of these features for um, in, enhancing your vision. So um, the iDaptic is, is closer probably to that than any other device. Yeah. I would like to say so. I mean, in terms of physical appearance, this is the most sunglasses-style device that uh, I've seen ever. It's still got a bit of that thickness on that you wouldn't get with a regular pair of glasses, but we're talking like really pretty minimal. I mean, you, you could probably get away with these being a regular pair of sunglasses if it was not for the big wire that comes off the back of them. <laughs> that gives the game away. Um, but, uh, you know, the wire is connecting to a phone and the phone is the thing doing the work really it's doing the image processing it's got the software on it um, you know it's doing the work the headset really is just primarily screens and a camera in the front I'm gonna put this one on now you can't wear glasses underneath this and so actually it wouldn't be any good for me because um, I, again like without my glasses on um, you know my vision is extremely poor um, so I would need to wear my glasses underneath, but uh, a lot of people with low vision, even if they have a glasses prescription, uh, don't find that it really benefits them that much. Um, so, you know, it it's, uh, may or may not be a deal breaker for you. And uh, with the glasses on here, so hopefully you guys can see these and uh, at least get an idea of what these look like. And we do have this uh, darkened visor in the front here, which makes it look like a pair of sunglasses. Now we can flip that up actually and that would then make the lenses clear. And so there is the potential for mobility while wearing these, uh, whereas with the iris vision, uh, you don't really have that option. But with these, we can see around the periphery and also with the visor up, you may be able to see through the lenses somewhat and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we have the, the wire going to the phone. Now, Corey, speaking of the phone, I believe you would like to tell the audience all about the best unique feature of the iDaptic. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that makes the iDaptic unique is that you can use the headset um, and have the camera that's built into the headset, but you can also change it so that you're using the built-in camera on the phone, which is obviously a way better camera. I forget what that one is, 48 50. pixels, maybe 50 pixels. Mm -hmm. So it's a better, uh, a better camera, and what it does then is it feeds the image from the phone camera up into the headset. Yeah. So you're almost like using a uh, more traditional magnifier or portable magnifier that you're sort of holding in front of things mm -hmm. um, and then getting that image up in your glasses. But again, being a 50 megapixel camera, it's just a significantly better quality image that's coming to the screen. You know, there was a... I'm remembering now. When I first started in this field 12 years ago, I saw a wearable device that did not have a camera in the headset. It had an optical camera that was connected by a wire to the headset. The optical camera, I believe, might have had like possibly wheels on it or something like that, but you could point the camera in the distance or you could point it close up. And um, it, yeah, and so you would see the image from this separate camera in the headset. If anybody knows what that headset was, because it I just came to my memory. Called. Oh, you do? It was called the Magna Wheel. That's a lie. <laughs> if it was called the Magna Wheel, I would have remembered that. <laughs> what, what magnifier has wheels? When you said that, I was like, I can just see it like it's driving around on the table. 
No, 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 no. Uh, how about the uh, Optelec Traveler, Corey? You forget the uh, uh, the handheld right. CCTV that, <laughs> that could roll around. That's um, true. I but uh, yeah, if anybody can remember the name of this, if only Tom Persky was with us, I guarantee you he would know he the name would of remember. this. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, that particular device kind of is reminiscent of this in the sense that with uh, the Idaptic i5, you can use that phone camera and you can move it around in your hand and you will see that image being transmitted into the glasses. The image is fantastic. It's better than any wearable, um, you know, any camera that's on, on uh, the actual wearable part uh, itself. Um, so fantastic quality image. And um, maybe for some people, it's easier to move their hand when reading, for example, rather than uh, move their head using the headset camera. Also, Corey, we discussed yeah. in the video the possibility of having the phone in a stand and uh, and then it would be like a CCTV, right? So we could have the phone in a stand and put paper underneath it and move the paper underneath the phone camera. And the phone camera being uh, 50 megapixels gives us a really nice clear image then as we are reading, which traditionally has yeah. been a difficult task with these wearables. Uh, so I really very much do like this ability to switch to the phone uh, camera for sure. Jonathan, did you have something or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, on the Idaptic, yeah. uh, there was a proposal for an inline extra battery supply and this question of, well, can they make a, like, uh, like a lanyard or like a collar mounted power supply that doesn't like go all the way down to your belt, but like is in the line of the like so you can tuck it under your shirt. For an additional power supply are we yeah. talking about here? Actually, from what I remember, uh, for additional power, they do uh, offer or they do suggest a, no, I'm pretty sure they do offer this actually. It's a uh, USB-C splitter. And so with the splitter, then you can actually transmit from the phone to the headset, but at the same time, you can have an external battery plugged in through the splitter. So um, I believe that is an option if you do need a, a, a additional power there. There was also one other question. Um, wanting to know if any of these new wearables have a mode that they're, they're saying they want to be able to go no assist when walking and then just quick power up when needed. So as in it would be see-through uh, while they were walking, but then they could hit a button to bring it up if necessary? It might be this is someone who does have some vision yeah. uh, and wants uh, the display to be like sort of a in a sleep. Yeah, so that's so that sounds like the concept that VR has of like this pass-through idea where you can essentially uh, see through the headset, but I mean, really, we're just utilizing the cameras on the outside. So with well, the idaptic has the flip-up. Yeah, so you, you can flip up the visor on the idaptic, but the screens, even the screens, are very much still in front of your eyes, and. Um, you know, you can easily press the button on the side of the phone to turn off the image, but those screens are still there and they're opaque, right? So you're not really seeing through those screens per se. If you do have the phone turned on and you're seeing the image, you can set it to the lowest magnification, you know, but you still are going to be seeing the, an image from the I camera. Think with all of the devices, your only option at this point is to slide them off, slide them up your head, yes. slide them off to have for now. Yeah, you can't get like a, a true pass through per se because yeah. it just doesn't exist. But with the uh, the closest would be the eSight, I guess, because with the eSight you can uh, you can raise that visor up and out of your field of vision without having to take the device off. 
Um, and so it's, it has like a hinged uh, part. Uh, so that one would be the closest. But uh, yeah, I would say the i5 is like kind of almost there with what this uh, person is asking. Um, it's probably the closest out of any of the other ones, I would say. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe it might be worth trying that if that's one that you're looking for. So, uh, what else do we need to know about the i5? Well, uh, it has your standard type of features, so we can magnify. Now, yes. Corey, do you remember what I really love about the magnification? Yes, you love that it magnifies. Yes. Okay, um, <laughs> anything else? You also love mm -hmm. that it gets bigger. <laughs> okay, that's, that sounds similar, but yeah, sure, um, I'll give it to you. Let me help you out, Corey. What I love yes, about the magnification please. is the haptic feedback. Oh, I forgot about the haptics. I do love you that. can you should never forget the haptic feedback. It's incredible. So there's a slider. So basically with the device, I'll turn it on here actually. With the device on on the screen, you see the controls. The phone is just a controller, basically, right? That's all we're doing with the phone here. And the controls are nice and large, and they're laid out uh, in a really good way. At the bottom of the screen, there is a slider for magnification, and you slide it to the right to zoom in and to the left to zoom out, and it has the nicest feeling haptics on it. Every time you slide up a notch, and it goes up in half, uh, steps so 1, 1.5, 2, 2.5, 3, 3.5, so on and so forth. Every time you go up a notch, it uh, vibrates in a very satisfying manner. So probably uh, you should just buy it just for that. Um, it's, so uh, this device also technically doesn't have continuous no, zoom. No, no, it does not. It does go up in half steps, add, but it, I was just going to say, but it does yeah. have the add the half steps. Yeah, which so, I think is a good compromise. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the the half steps uh, are decent and uh, it's really easy to control. I don't know how well people can see this. I'm holding it up to the camera right now to try and give an idea of the layout of this. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how well people can see it, but at the bottom is a slider for the magnification against a black background. And then the rest of the controls are above there. So we have contrast. We can adjust contrast as well as change colors. We have brightness. We can adjust screen brightness. And we have two features which we talked about in our video, which are unique, um, but perhaps not as useful as the ability to switch to the phone camera. Corey, can you remember what those two features are? Test time. Yes, one is the autofocus mode, so that when you are using the device, can look at something and it'll autofocus to it, which we you say autofocus. Would you care to be slightly more specific? Instead of the word focus, we might substitute the word auto foci. <laughs> uh, auto zoom is what we're looking for. Oh, okay, yeah, autos. You can oh, tell. Yeah, you can right. tell. Corey's, not, right. You can tell. Corey's been off work for a couple of weeks here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They are doing. Yes. Auto zoom. Yes. All right, thank can you. you. Edit this point out. At, uh, Corey, you realize minutes. this. You realize this is live, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. Auto zoom. Uh -huh. uh, so that it automatically zooms in on uh, what it thinks is the sort of. Whatever That's not entirely guy. true. It only does two things. <laughs> it only... Don't ask me anymore. <laughs> it only zooms on two things. Corey, can you remember oh, what those two things right. are? Uh, yes, it is faces yep. and dogs. <laughs> yeah, very close. That's what it should be. Faces and text is what we were looking for. Oh, text. Yes, yes, I yes. look at dogs more than text. <laughs> and uh, the other unique feature was... Was this the one that when you touched it, someone came and spun you around? No, that was it. That was actually the auto zoom. Oh, that uh, was the auto yeah. zoom. <laughs> the other feature is a bright text. 
so the Britex. The yeah. So we'll talk yeah. about these a second. Uh, Bright text is kind of like an, a high contrast outlining mode, uh, but it's a little bit more subtle than I've seen on other devices, but in a beneficial way. It basically makes text pop a little bit more. And some people might not like it. I actually found it very beneficial. I thought it was really nice. It just makes text a little bit sharper, essentially. Uh, so when we're reading, obviously, we can pop that on and see if that works for us. And then the auto zoom, the idea is just to make things a little bit more hands-free. You know, Corey, you were talking about how it's nice to be hands-free. And so the auto zoom is trying to um, help with that by zooming in automatically when it sees either faces or text, depending on how you've got it set. And so you can choose how much it zooms in and or at what point uh, it will zoom in. And uh, yeah, uh, if it detects a face or detects text, then it will zoom in to whatever level. And hopefully that means then you don't have to reach for the controller and do it yourself. Now, I, I'm not sure it's 100% uh, you know, accurate all the time. Um, I was told, and it does work, you can shake your head to uh, reset the view. Uh, which is kind of neat. Um, so <laughs> don't, don't do it too hard at the heads. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, yeah. I mean, I guess if you have like Parkinson's or something, that could actually it might actually stop that feature from working. If you think about it, if there is, I, I don't know how vigorous the head shaking sure. has to be, sure. but uh, if you do have kind of constant head moving, um, then it could be a problem. But then again, if you have constant head moving, you're probably not using wearable anyway. To be fair, but. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, pretty uh, interesting features. I don't think they're essential, uh, but they are interesting. There was another thing, Corey, the portal. Oh, the portal is one of my favorite. I've been using the portal feature and what, uh, quite often to get to the grocery store. <laughs> uh, as we said in the video, the yes. portal feature, was turning it on, opens up a portal. Yeah. Uh, and then you just say the name of the place you want to go to. Now, sad sad sadly, Which, this was pure speculation on our part because well, we didn't actually know what it did. Route. So, okay. so they so. they can't they can't really advertise it. We can talk about the, the portal feature, but yes. they just can't. Uh, so everything Corey said is is incorrect. Sadly, uh, we are in the. Well, in the video that we made, we we speculated on the purpose because we didn't know. But now I know, Corey. I know what the yes. what the portal is. The portal is basically like a bubble mode. And so it will present the image inside the magnified image inside a circle on the screen. Oh, that makes way more sense, and it's probably more uh, technology. You know, what also, they're, what they're able to capable doing. Yeah, also way less exciting though, sadly. So uh, a bit disappointed yeah, about well, that. Well, you could try jumping through the bubble. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, those are the devices. Quick overview. Uh, I wouldn't care to say which one I prefer, Corey. I think they're quite different devices, you know. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, again, it, it's true about all the wearables. I mean, we can say, hey, the I, the Idaptic is a sleeker headset. Mm -hmm. um, and that if, is that how you're judging it? If so, then, I, then the Idaptic is better. But really, it, there's so many, there are so many uh, attributes that, that need to come together to make a wearable suitable for you. Uh, and it depends on what's your priority. Is your priority sleekness? Is your mm. priority picture quality? Is your priority field of view? Is your priority OCR? Those are all things you need to decide. And, and that's why it's so important to try all of these out to find the right one for you. You're right, yeah. Luke. You can't really say what which one is the best. No, probably the best one is the one that allows you to see as well as possible. You know, and the only way That's to find that diplomatic. out is, <laughs> and the other way to find that out is going to be to try them out. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully people get an idea at least of what these look like and what they can do. Do we have a question, Jonathan? Uh, we, it's more like a speculation. Speculation. We want to know if there's a wearable that provides audible feedback 
just like passively while you're walking past things that might be hazards, such as uh, curbs, potholes, approaching vehicles, ice. Uh, they want to know if any of these wearables have a sort of what's around me type mode that, is, that will constantly be sending. Codes. Yeah, there, there is no uh, device currently that I'm aware of that will give you real-time feedback about your environment. There are devices where you can take a picture and get feedback, and some of those have become very detailed thanks to AI. We have looked at um, some of those on, on this channel, uh, such as the uh, Envision AI, for example, which uh, is now uses ChatGPT or GPT-4 and can give you excellent detail on pictures that you take, but it's not live. And Corey, I don't believe any of these the are live. The only other thing that would be the most similar would be something like the WeWalk Cane yes. or any yeah. of the other wearable. That will uh, give you obstacles at least. Yeah. It, it would, but it's, you know, it's going to be a narrow field. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly telling you. I mean, ice, it wouldn't be able to do ice. It can't do curbs. Um, it's more just like if there is something in front of you, car branch, but yes. again, doesn't tell you what that something is, so right. we're not there yet. I, I think, you know, what we're seeing in the AI space, that's where AI is going to make these wearables go to the next level, is I think when you start to incorporate AI and you start getting live, you know, identification of things. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I, I think at the, at the end of the day, too, like that, that's... Ooh, there's a lot of trust there. <laughs> I mean, you really, oh, like, yeah, these things sure. got to be incredibly uh, accurate and amazing to to trust it enough to go. If, if, if you're relying on your device to let you know about these things because you need it, ooh, you probably should be using a white cane. I'm going to say, Corey, what is the best mobility aid out there? White cane, baby. Mm -hmm. White cane and training. So you're not going to yeah. beat that. The white cane will tell you if there's a curb. It will tell you if there's ice. It will tell you if there is an obstacle in front of you. What it won't do is tell you if there's an obstacle above mm, waist height, for example. Yes, that yeah. is correct. Yeah, a lot, of branch, lot of branches to the face. <laughs> we can tell, Corey. That's where the, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's where the disfigurement comes in. <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago, I was a very a handsome, very handsome man back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this may be true or not. Uh, you'll never <laughs> guess what, Corey. I, I have time. had two text messages from the oh. one and only Tom Persky. Which, oh, he's, uh, is he watching? Yeah, he's on the show here. Uh, oh, so, Mr. Persky. Yeah, Mr. Tom Persky, uh, for those who don't know, is a assistive technology legend, and he was with Iris Vision for a uh, period of time. Is he confirming that it is called the Magna Wheel? Uh, sadly not, but he did give oh. us the correct name. So first yes. of all, uh, he says, with regards to the Live 2, I'm going to read this out. Uh, so he says... Uh, with are completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, with Live 2, plans for vision casting directly into the headset are coming. So I believe that means from a cable box, for example, or yeah. from some kind of television device into the headset. So that will be yep. cool. You can watch TV directly in the headset. Now, I have to say, Corey, that sounds a little bit like Vision Buddy. And uh, actually, I do, from what I just remembered, I did see this. And, and Iris Vision are indeed using a, a set-top box, the same as Vision Buddy, to tr transmit the television signal directly into their glasses. So that's correct. I remember yes. we talked. It's going to be a separate purchase, from my understanding. Yes, I believe you're right. so. Yeah. The, uh, support did mention that. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a little bit cheeky, but also, I mean, I guess that's all fairs in business. All is fair yeah, in business. So uh, yeah, that, nobody's got a. I mean, it's not that. 
you know, unique of an idea. No, that's true. So uh, that will be exciting. Also, for the future, there may be a way to use the Google Play Store to add apps for the visually impaired. So maybe we could put Envision AI into the um, the iOS Vision yeah, Live 2.0 or, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Google Lookout. Yeah. So, so that could be exciting. And this one, I'm. Uh, this one is is pretty cool. We have an external fa fan system which keeps the phone cool for well over 10 hours although it looks a bit clunky. So now I'm imagining this huge like box fan that you connect to the front of the headset. <laughs> you just walk around with this box fan on, on the front of your face. Well, <laughs> what makes me think of my kids got, I don't know where they got this from, if it was a joke or they got it for Florida when we went, I have no idea, but it was this neck band that you wore around your neck and then in front of you <laughs> on each side was a fan that That's you would turn amazing. around and point it up towards your face. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's similar. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what that looks like whenever we get a chance to check it out. And then finally, the answer to the question that everybody has been waiting for. Yes, please, uh, please. The one with the wheels was called the flipper. Of course it was, because you could flip oh, the camera into name, the distance. Yeah. Or, of course. Yeah, so thank you, Tom. I knew that you would know the answer to that, but I didn't know you would uh, be watching today. So uh, that's, uh, that's great. And they also had a mouse camera called the Maxport. I don't remember with the Maxport, though. I think that just connected to an external screen and not necessarily directly into a visor, although I could be wrong about that. Uh, um, you know, speaking of that, and I don't want to take us, I know we're out of time here, but there was a device that we sold years ago that came in two versions, and it was basically a, a big, it looked like a big oversized mouse mm -hmm. that you plugged right into the TV. That's what I was magnified. thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What maybe. was that thing called? It wasn't the Max, it was like the... So maybe the Max port does connect to a visor, but I, yeah, I was thinking about the device you're thinking about, and I can't remember what that one's we called either. We sold a bunch of, they were low cost, they were, they weren't great, but they, they worked pretty I mean, all in all, they were yeah. not. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple, mouse. it's a simple concept, uh, isn't it? You plug up the mouse, and yeah. then you just move the mouse along the document, and you see it on That's the TV. That's drive me nuts now. Yeah. If anybody knows, or if anybody has one of those to this day, then please let us know. Although we do have to go now, so you have to be really me quick. Too. But uh, Jonathan, yes. There might be one more question. One more question, um, okay. So there's some misunderstanding as to whether the 1.0 is going to be. Sunsetted. Yes, 1.0 is going to be sunsetted. So the uh, the only Iris Vision Live device that will be available is going to be the 2.0. I don't think they've switched over just yet, but uh, it is happening. I think this month even. Um, so uh, yes, I, I believe that, that that is the future for Iris Vision. They will still have the uh, Iris Vision uh, Inspire as so, well. So for the software updates and such, mm -hmm. um, should this person expect to find? Uh, a different upgrade path through like their website or uh, for for installing updates for the Iris Vision 2.0 you're talking about the 1.0 if they already had that why well, I assume that the, those updates are going to be discontinued because all the focus will be on to developing the 2.0 but you would need to contact Iris Vision really to uh, to confirm uh, that supposition yeah. yeah that's what they were worried about yeah. is wondering whether it's going to be not updated anymore yeah, I would, I would assume it will not be, although I don't know, maybe there will be some uh, degree of development post-release of the 2.0, uh, but uh, yeah, you would need to really talk to Iris Vision right. to confirm that. Well, Corey, yeah, no, yes. Yes, sorry, please. no, please, please finish your thoughts there, Corey. I was, no, I was just going to say there would be no reason they couldn't continue updating 1.0 because the, the phone, the headset, you know, obviously the phone and headset are there, but it's capacity what you said is very true. It's just yeah. capacity and where yeah. do they want to put their focus yeah, on? Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
All right, well, we have reached the end of the show. Corey, it's been yes. a pleasure to share this first show of 2024 with you, even if we could not be in the same room together. Um, I felt your, your good vibes coming from uh, all the way over there at your house, and hopefully you uh, also caught my good vibes. Yes, vibes have been caught. Okay, good to hear. I hope you're going to be working hard for the rest of the day and uh, not watching movies in your home cinema. And, uh, I can do both. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And uh, yes, we will be back in two weeks' time, Corey, when we will be talking about... Well, we'll be talking about some really interesting assistive technology. And no it's doubt. so interesting yeah. that if we tell you about it, yeah. it'll lose some of its interest. So really, <laughs> we are just going to tease you. Okay. And you, it's just, I mean, if you're not there, holy cow, you will be left out. Can you at least so, tell me what we're going to be talking about? Um, oh, well, I, again, I don't want, this is a tease, so I'll tell <laughs> okay, you off camera. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, people we will... are going to be talking about it, so don't let your friends talk about something that you weren't there to witness live. <laughs> okay, there we go. So uh, two weeks' time, we'll be talking about that, whatever that might be. And uh, we have a YouTube channel. Corey, don't know if you've ever been there before, but it's uh, youtube.com forward slash Vision Forward Tech Connect. And uh, there you will see these videos, as well as all of our produced videos. There is actually where you are. Right you have to be moment. there right now, <laughs> I assume. So uh, hopefully you will have figured all of this out already. But uh, yes, uh, we do have uh, a new video hopefully coming out next Thursday, which will be about the Iris Vision Live 2.0. And uh, that d is dependent on whether Jonathan can resolve some issues he's having currently with audio editing uh, in Premiere. So if anybody from Premiere is watching, please call Jonathan and uh, tell him why uh, the program isn't working properly for him. Yeah, he has some complaints, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, but all things being well, we will release that video next Thursday. And with that being said, any closing thoughts, Corey? God bless us, everyone. <laughs> okay, uh, there we go. Thanks, all. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us for another Tech Connect Live. If you enjoyed Corey and Luke's antics, be sure to join us next time. For all things Tech Connect, go to vision-forward.org slash techconnect.